Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in this series that we've entitled, More Connected But More Disconnected. And this morning, what I want to talk about, I want to talk about, you know, if we want our prayers to be answered, there's some things you and I need to do. And so we're going to talk about some keys to answered prayer. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tries to tell his disciples, look, you don't need to worry about all these things, saying what do we eat, what do we drink, what do we wear. These things are dominant thoughts of unbelievers. Your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Amen? Trouble of today's troubles, enough for today. Jesus said, look, you don't need to worry about it. If you'll do this, everything's going to be okay. So there's some things we need to do. And we've talked about this idea of connectedness. And so we've been more connected, but we've grown more isolated. We've known more people, but we've never felt more alone. And what technology does, it's not the problem. Technology just reveals what's inside of you. If you're a narcissist by nature, self-centered, then you have this great platform to present your opinions to everybody in the world and know that you're the right one and they're all morons. After all, they should all listen to me. I know what's best. If you're a workaholic, you can take your work with you all the time now, even when you're gone. It's right there. It's just at a touch of a button and you carry your office with you. If you tend to look outside your marriage for intimacy, it's easier than ever before. Technology just gives you a platform to do what you want to do and it just simply reveals what's inside. So today, we don't have a technology problem. We have a human problem problem. And so, what do we do to stay connected? Because if we stay connected to God, everything else is going to work itself out, isn't it? Solution is not, well, I'll do this my phone, I'll do this computer, and I'll do this. And that. Those are all good things. Maybe you should do them. But you know what? If you have your relationship right with God, all these other things will fall into place. And so, how do we stay connected to Him? Through prayer. We talk to Him. We recognize His presence in our life. And so, what do I need to do in order for my prayers to get answered and for God and I to be more connected than we are right now? So, I'm going to give you a list of a few things. Number one, confession of my issues. Now, I might take a little time here, but it's going to be okay. Confession is the heart of prayer. And it's very, very simple. I come to God and give to him all of the things of my life. I simply be honest with him. Now, here's the heart of this. We own up to the fact that we're a mess and that we have issues and that today I've done some things, God, I shouldn't have done. And today, God, I've got some issues that are my problems Because if I want God to answer my prayer, I need to be honest, don't I? 
I need to come before him with, as an open book, not beating myself up, but understanding that I want God to know that I know so that I can be healed, so that I can grow more mature, and so that God can work in my life. You know, the psalmist said, God, search me. Know me. See what's there. Now, confession is hard for all of us. I'm going to take a little more time on this point than some of the others because it's such a critical thing. And it's so hard because um, we've developed this idea that uh, we don't sin anymore. We just make mistakes. And after all, I'm not the problem. It's the other person. I mean, God, it's not my fault. After all, my parents did this to me. And because of the way they were, and because of what they did, I suffer. And so, God, all I am is an injured third party in this whole mess. And maybe you had an overbearing mother or an absent father, and maybe you have a boss that doesn't like you, and maybe your relationships didn't end well, and, you know, the teacher didn't see the genius in you when you were younger growing up, and uh, they just didn't give you the attention that you need, and, you know, it's that person who hates you that made said some things and did some things to you that offended you and caused you to get hurt, and it's their fault. After all, it's definitely not me. I'm fine. I'll just wait for a moment. (laughs) And we avoid confession because it makes us look in the mirror and see the real us. You know, you look in the mirror and you go, who is that old person looking back at me? I don't really look like that, do I? And if we're honest, we don't want to see what's inside of us. We don't want to have to go deep. We're trying to bury things, not bring them up. We try to ignore problems, not reveal them. And so we have this struggle that God says, look, why don't you just bring everything to me And why don't you give them to me? And why don't you do this so that I can help you? Because confession and progress in your life are linked together. Until you're willing to admit your part, God can't help you. Because you're going to be a fake. And you're trying to be somebody that you're really not because you're not willing to be honest about who you really are. And you're so busy trying to blame other people and so busy trying to point out other people's problems that you fail to see your own. And, uh, you know, maybe you need to understand that your words have driven a wedge in your marriage and that you've created the distance and it's not the other person's fault. Maybe your self-absorption has built that wall between you and your kids and your friends and maybe jealousy and insecurity and envy make it impossible for you to celebrate with other people because after all, if they're happy and I'm not, I don't like that. And 
maybe your friends just stay shallow and they just dissolve because you're always pointing out their faults and their issues and you're so sensitive about what you're doing and what you're going through and nobody can say a word around you and you demand that everybody has to do what you think is right makes people stay away from you and stay away from the conversation and your anger drives them farther away. And so what's happened is our culture has created this great perfection for being able to be disconnected because after all, it's my time, it's my way, I can do what I want to do and I can say what I want to say and nobody can rebut what I want to do and yet it's never me. It's always them. And yet, the challenge to stop blaming others and taking responsibility is really hard. Because after all, when you've convinced yourself it's not your fault, you don't have to change, do you? And it's just other people that are the problem. And God says, look, when you come to me, I see it all. I already know. I want you to come to me and be honest with me about you. Because you know what? If you will just deal with you, you won't have enough time to deal with everybody else. Because, as I said at the beginning, we're a mess. We've got issues. But I don't want to have to admit them. <laughs> I'm better than them. And so that creates a barrier between us and God, doesn't it? Because it's hard for God to direct some things at you when you're so busy. God, it's not my fault. It's their fault. God, I didn't do anything wrong. It's them. God, it's not me. It's the unfairness. God, it's not right. God, you, here's the great, God, you don't understand. Yeah, right. The creator of the universe doesn't understand you. So what God wants, if I want my prayers to be answered, is for me to come before him with honesty. Psalm 32, verse 3. When I refuse to confess my sin... My body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all of my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself... Well, that's some good self-talk. I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Well, if I tell God everything, he's not going to like you. Oh, he already knows everything. He still likes you. You just have to be honest with him. But hard, it's hard being honest with God when you can't be honest with yourself, isn't it? Psalm 66, verse 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Oh, well, pastor, it's not really sin. It's just 
you know, it's just a quirk. It's just who I am. Yeah, who are you? You're a sinner. We're all sinners. It's not just a one-time thing. Proverbs 28, 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess them and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Wow. So if I just come clean to God and tell him the truth, he won't beat me up. He'll help me. The problem is when you start confessing, you're probably not going to like some of the things you see. Especially when you're so busy blaming your spouse or blaming somebody else. Because after all, your marriage is in the shape it's in, not because of you. It's because of them. Again, I'll just wait a little bit. 1 John 1, 7. If we're living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we've not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. God, here I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And God, I'm not perfect. In fact, God, I've still got issues that I've got to address. And God, it's time for me to stop blaming people and stop blaming society for my issues and I'm not going to excuse my behavior. I'm not going to blame the past. I'm not going to blame another person. It's gone. It's over. The past is past. The expiration date on the issues of your past has expired. It stinks and is spoiled now. Get rid of it. And when will you stop trying to control things and people that are not your business because there's only one thing in life you can control, and that's you. And we don't do a very good job of that, do we? So I confess my issues. I admit my sins. I stop making excuses because of what I've been through. I stop blaming other people for what's gone on. And so I come to that place where God, here I am, God, and here's what I'm doing, and God, here's my part. And God, as we're talking, would you help me see more of the things in my life that aren't pleasing you and are hurting me? That's why we resist the Holy Spirit so much because he brings to light things we don't want brought up. And when you start to confess your failures, your refusal to make excuses helps you make progress because healthy people deal with their issues, not everybody else's. Because thousands of people face the same circumstances every day. And the biggest difference between those who make progress and those who make excuses is they take responsibility for their problems. You can make an excuse or you can make progress, but you can't make both. So, you want your prayers answered? You have to be brutally honest with God 
about you. Now, just a little heads up. You can't lie to him. He already knows, doesn't he? And you might go, oh, God, I'm the... <laughs> if you could hear him, he's chuckling, going, hold it. That's not all. That's not it. Honest. God, here's my fears. God, here's my hurts. God, here's the things I said today I shouldn't have said. God, today I had this attitude that was wrong. I'm sorry. My fault. Not, God, I had this attitude today and the people around me just made it worse. Would you help them? (laughs) Big difference, isn't there? Answered prayer, confession. About me. God, I'm the one. God, well, pastor, I can't think of anything. (laughs) You've got serious problems. Because there's a lot of people around you who can think of a lot of things. If you can't think of anything, just go to God and be honest. He'll help you remember some stuff. Because we all have issues, don't we? Because we're sinners saved by grace. And I'd like to say, well, okay, I asked God to forgive me of that, and I never did it again. But chances are, seven days this week, you're going to ask him for the same thing because you said you didn't want to do it again, but you did it every day. Confession, a key to answered prayer. Second, connection to God and to others. Again, I'm going to spend a little time here. (laughs) Oh, great. You don't have to be alone. Loneliness is a feeling. Isolation is a choice. You and I are not called to isolate ourselves. And confession is a conduit to connection. Because once I begin dealing with me and begin to see myself as the issue, God can transform me. And when he transforms me, surprise, he's going to start transforming the relationships, isn't he? He's going to start making things different. And you can begin to develop a heart for others. And you will have better relationships. Well, I'd like to have better relationships, but people are just so weird. (laughs) Look in the mirror. Welcome another one. Well, I, I really try, but they just... Look in the mirror. Because what God wants to do is to bring healing into your life so you can have a better connection with Him and a better connection with others. But as long as we're hiding sin, as long as we're unaware of issues that we've tried to bury and ignore and pretend aren't there, God can't help us. And when he starts helping us, how do I know I'm being honest with God? Your relationships will get better. Your relationships are bad because you're lying to yourself. And the problem we have with the relationships is they reveal our issues. Well, but they did it. Maybe they did. But God will deal with them. Can you deal with you? Because after all, nothing is worse than people treating you like you treat them. God is pursuing 
a relationship with you. Well, I just wish God, God comes after you. God wants to be close to you. (laughs) Right now, God is pursuing a better relationship with you. Right now, God is doing everything he can to be close to you. You see, when Israel didn't pursue God, God pursued them, didn't he? He never forgot him. He went after him. You've went away from me. Let me bring you back. Let me do the, this is good what it's take to get you back to me. I'll put you through this so that you'll come back to me because I love you and I care for you and I, I, I have a heart for you. I want you back to me. I'll do everything I can to get you to come back. And all throughout the Old Testament, you see God working with a nation, with a people, trying to get them to be connected to him. And we want to focus on the individuals, but the individuals are there, but God's building a nation, a group of people. That's what the Old Testament is about. God caring for a people that he loves, and he does everything he can to pursue them so that they'll come close to him, and he can be their God, and they can be their people. Exodus 19.5. Now, if you'll obey me and keep my covenant... You will be my own special treasure from all the people on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. And you will be, no, don't miss this, you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. I want you to be this people. I want you to be close to me. I long for that. I'll work for that. And so you see God. Raising up people to be used so that Israel will come closer, so that they'll be his people. And that's the message he had, and that's what he was doing all throughout the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, Jesus Christ comes, he dies on a cross. He is victorious, as we've sung about. And when he dies, the focus is not on the individuals, but he starts this group of people called uh, the church. A group of people called out, separate from, different to. And he says, I'm going to build my church. Nothing's going to stop me because I love people. And I want people to come to me and I want to come to them. I died for them. When he came to die on the cross, God came pursuing people, didn't he? So you and I have to develop a mindset that says, God is pursuing me. He is not going away from me. God doesn't go away from you. He constantly pursues you. If anyone goes away, it's us. And why do we go away? Because we don't want to admit our stuff. And so he builds the church. And Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, you're not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? We just read it. God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He called you out of hiding. He called you out of sin. And he brought you into the light. Because when you come to God, he doesn't hide our sin, he exposes it. And that's what confession does. 
And so all throughout the New Testament, what do we have? We have God building a church, a people that he loves and he cares for. That's who we are today. He is still building a people. He's still calling us together. Well, you know, I just don't like the church. I don't like organized religion. Oh, so you prefer your religion disorganized. I I don't need them. Says who? Says you? You've got some issues you need to deal with God about. Because God loves the church. The Bible tells us Jesus Christ died for the church. Why? He wants a people. He loves the people. And in fact, when this world comes to an end, guess what? Heaven is. It's not about you. It's about us. And you read in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9, they sing a new song with these words, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Notice this verse. You have caused them to become a kingdom of priest for our God and they will reign on the earth. What started at the beginning is fulfilled in the end. God constantly pursuing people because he loves them and he cares for them because what starts with God always moves towards people. God made us to be isolated with our devices so that we can tell what we want to do, do what we want to do, and we don't have to answer to anybody, and we can be by ourselves all alone, and that's the way I like it, and that's the way I want it. Just leave me alone. I'm perfectly fine with nobody in my life. You might be, but God's not. That's not the way God made you. Not as a Christian. Satan wants to isolate you. God wants to bring you into a group. But these people, they're so hard to get along with. Yes, they are. Now go look in the mirror. Because so are you. I want to hear from God. Then you better love people. Because it's not about me. It's about us. There's no growth in your walk with God without you being connected to people. You see, people make you grow because people are different, aren't they? And people don't always let you have your way, do they? Good for them. You get married thinking, well, this person will meet all my needs. There isn't a person alive who can meet all your needs other than Jesus Christ. And you see, we long towards self. And when God made the first man, what's his, one of his first comments about him? It's not good for him to be alone. So that's why groups are important. Well, but I don't know anybody there. Good, stretch yourself a little. Well, what if they don't like me? 
Well, that's okay because they probably, you probably won't like them either. Well, what if it's awkward? Well, grow up. Well, I've got, I'm busy. It's not about you. And if your prayers are only about you and your little group, you're going to have a hard time getting God to answer your prayers because he's building a people. And you can't be the person you want to be and God wants you to be without being involved in a community of people. That's why the church is so critical. So if I want my prayers answered, I have to understand that God's going to help me, but he's not going to help me be more alone. He's going to help me be more connected to others. And if I'm refusing that, why should God answer your prayers? Because God wants to use you and your life experiences and what you've been through to help other people, doesn't he? Not for you to blame them, not for you to get upset with them. Well, other people are going to hurt me. Yes, they will. Good. Grow out of it. I could stop now, couldn't I? Yeah, I'll, I'll move on. Thirdly, consistent obedience. You see, if you want God to answer your prayers, what it demands is you being a person who's obeying God. Because God, why should God answer prayers when you're not going to do what he tells you to do? That makes sense? Psalm 25, verse 10. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obeys his commands. Luke chapter 6 this great story that Jesus tells. He says, look, why do you keep on calling me Lord if you're not going to do what I tell you to do? I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me and listens to my teaching and follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters come and rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built. But if anyone here who hears and doesn't obey... It's like the person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse in a heap of ruins. Hearing, obeying, causes you to be able to stand in the midst of the storms of life. Hearing and disobeying, your life will crumble when the problems come. 1 John 3.21 Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. Obedience puts me in a place to hear from God. When I confess God's going to start dealing with stuff that I need to put into place in my life, doesn't he? And God's going to put me into a place where I can be more connected to him, to others, which means I need to listen to God and obey him and do whatever he tells me to do. That makes sense? And if I, he knows, hey, I can tell you these things and, you know, God knows that, then he's going to answer prayer because he knows you're going to obey him and do what's right. 
So obedience becomes a big key in this. Need to hurry on Christian motives. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. We've dealt with this somewhat before of understanding what, what are my motives behind wanting God to answer my prayers. James chapter 4, verse 2, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. When you pray and hear from God, God is going to ask you to do some things that aren't easy. They're hard, but they're right. And if the only reason I'm going to God is to get what I want, God doesn't raise selfish kids. He doesn't give them everything they want because he knows it's not good for them as any good parent knows. And so I have to understand my motives. Why do I want God to answer my prayers? Well, I want him to answer my prayers so my life will be easier. God's not into making your life easy. He's making your life to grow up. Well, I want him to answer my prayers because then all these people will leave me alone. And maybe God has them there for a purpose to help you grow and mature. Motives become critical. And then there's confidence in God. Confidence in God. I trust him. This is called faith. Faith. I believe God is going to be faithful. I don't have faith in me. I have faith in God. God is going to answer. Now, please hear me. No is an answer. Not yet is an answer. Wait is an answer. Later is an answer. No way, Jose, is an answer. Yes is an answer. God will answer our prayers. The problem is we're always waiting for the yes, aren't we? And when all you want to hear is yes, you don't hear the no. Talk to any two-year-old, they'll tell you. All they want to hear is yes. They don't hear no. Until maybe the 565th time and so this helps you be patient because God says look here's what we're trying to do we're trying to help you grow up to be mature to be healed to be ministers to be effective to be healthy And being healthy takes time. You break a bone, the doctor sets it, you're going to be in a cast, I can tell you how long, six to eight weeks. Well, I want it in three. Well, go ahead, take your cast off, break your bone again, and you'll be in it for 12. Patience. Hebrews 11.6 
it is impossible <coughs> to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God exists. God will take care of me. God will give me what I need. God will help me. God will work for good everything in my life. I believe that, and I trust him to do it. Even though I don't understand what's going on, even though I don't know what's happening, even though I'm still praying, I don't understand everything, but God does. I will trust him, and in the right time, I will know what needs to be done. God will take care of me until that time comes, and I'll keep being faithful, being obedient to what he wants me to do and who he wants me to be, and God, I trust him. Therefore, I don't have to worry about anything going on because God is in control. I'm not. And he knows what needs to happen and when it needs to happen better than I do. And his ways aren't mine, but his ways are better than mine. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you complete with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You trust Him. You trust Him. You see, a lot of times we have problems with prayer because we just don't trust God. Well, I prayed God didn't do anything, so I went ahead and did this. Don't you trust Him to take care of that? Well, but I need to do something. Yeah, you need to trust God. 1 Peter 1.8 you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. You trust him. God, I'm coming to you because you alone have the answer I need and you alone have the power and ability to do what needs to be done. And God, I trust you more than anyone else in life. And so I come to you putting everything into your care and your hands, knowing that you're going to be faithful. And God, I know this might take some time and I know I'd like for it to be over with right away, but God, you are at work. Now understand, just remind yourself of something sometimes. God is working with some stubborn people. I'll move on. Last one. You're concerned for God getting credit. God, this isn't about me getting what I want. This is about you getting what you want. God, this is not about me looking good. This is about you looking good. God, this isn't about me having relief and getting what I want out of life because I think this is what I deserve or what I need. God, this is about me being submitted to you so that you can be the Lord of life and you can get all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Psalm 34, 1, the psalmist writes these great words. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Notice, I prayed to the Lord 
And he answered me, he freed me from all my fears. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. But the previous verses, we'll praise him, we'll exalt him, we'll magnify him. God gets the credit. Psalm 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. He deserves all the credit. Because after all, it's not about us, it's about him, isn't it? So as you go through that list, what is it in your life today that's hindering God? What is it that you have come to a place in when you're not doing the things that you need to be doing in order for God to answer? Sometimes we think he should just tell us no matter what, but you and I have some responsibilities, don't we? And if I'll live this kind of life and put these things into place in my life, I'll be more connected with God than ever before. And when you're doing this, just let me hear tell you something. When you're doing this, it's easier to hear God. And so today, what is there you need to work on? What is it that you've kind of put aside and you're kind of, I don't want to deal with that. God does. Well, I'm just the way I am. God take you as you are and he'll help you change. God wants to answer your prayers. Are you willing to be the person that he can do that with? Would you just bow your heads? Maybe you're here today and you think, well, pastor, I don't deserve God and, and none of us do. Maybe you've never come to him and you're afraid if you do that, you know, he won't hear you or he won't love you or he won't accept you. And this morning you need to take that step and commit to God knowing that his arms are open wide because he's been pursuing you all your life. He'll never stop. And today's the day you open your arms to him. Father, today we are a people who it's easy for us to get disconnected and yet feel like we're connected. It's easy for us to be disconnected and feel like we're all alone and that no one understands and no one cares. It's easy for us to isolate ourselves because we don't need people. God, would you forgive us of that? Would you help us? Lord, you want to be connected with us. You pursued us. The Bible's a book about you pursuing your people, your creation. So God, would you help us to come towards you? Open arms, an open heart, an open mind. Search me, oh God. Look in me. Help me to see anything that's not pleasing to you. And God, help me to deal with it with your help. We thank you for being a God who loves us and who cares for us and who pursues us because you want to be connected with us. Thank you. Help us to pursue you as well, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. 
If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.